I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. I learned something this year, and Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I'm just uh, behind the times, but we are going to talk about trigger warnings. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Pete. Yeah, you just you just learned that phrase, or isn't that bad? Is that bad? (laughs) I mean, I. I, It's not. It's not bad. It's. I'm surprised, frankly. I'm surprised you never heard that phrase. Well, in my defense, I train psychologists, and I believe that there are no such thing as trigger warnings in the human behaviorism. I mean, I don't know that. In that regard, it's a new construct. Have you ever been given a trigger warning in life? I have. I have not. <laughs> Though I, I will say, I often say, you know, I'm sure there's some. We've got some younger folks listening that are already feeling mad, mad at, at us, which is yeah, which is okay. Right. That's I'm like that's okay. That's 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 a, a right to honor that. But yes. I always sort of like make the joke when I'm working with some younger patients if they, I don't know, like when how it comes up. But if we talk about trigger warnings, I'll say to them do you want to know what cognitive behavioral therapists think about trigger warnings? And they're like, yeah, what do you guys think? I'm like, hate them. Yeah. <laughs> hate them. And, and I think it's hard for them to understand though, like how, how we can hate them while we're also often uh, preaching like compassion and empathy. I mean, I love empathy. I love multiculturalism. I love yes. fairness and yep. compassion. And yep. these and are curi- all perspective taking, perspective right? Perspective and curiosity. I mean, these are, yeah. they're all a part of my life. They're a part of yep. my profession. They're part of my career. You know, so I'm I'm not trying to say that. And and, I, and we'll talk about some of the history of this and, yes. you know, where we're at today with it. Yeah. So a, a trigger warning, because we, we love my definitions. Oh, bring, bring it on. Yeah. A statement at the start of a piece of writing or video alerting the reader or viewer to the fact that it contains potentially distressing material. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I wouldn't be against that. I mean, I guess that's like PG-13 and R, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like in, let's start with like, you know, why people would want that, right? Because it's like, yes, on on paper, that seems like a potentially useful construct, right? Like, so w- what would you say? Like, why? what's the kernel of truth in, in uh, you know, using a trigger warning? What would, what would you say? Well, part of the history was that I understand is that the, the, the advent of trigger warnings began with some uh, feminist websites around violence against women. Mm-hmm. And so in that regard, I'm, you know, that makes sense to me, you know, so sure. if, if I am a, let's say in this example, if I'm a woman mm-hmm. who is interested and curious about feminism and mm-hmm. perhaps I've had violence against me or a loved yes. one, uh-huh. I think it makes sense that we then say, Hey, like this mm-hmm. might be really a- alarming to you as you come and get involved in our community mm-hmm. because of X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. makes total rational to me. Makes total sense. Right. 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 And, and it comes from that place of, you know, perspective taking, which Pete and I talk a lot about on this podcast, right? Which is that you're trying to, um, and perspective taking, of course, related to empathy, put yourself in the shoes of somebody else and imagine, you know, how something might impact somebody. So, you know, that's very helpful to consider. Well, isn't that the definition of empathy? I mean, (laughs) you can dig into Merriam-Webster and see what (laughs) Merriam-Webster, yeah, well, it's, it's like, yeah, empathy is feeling something as if it's happening to you, right? walking in someone's shoes, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, right. So we need that because that's going to help us understand someone's experience and also help us be, be sensitive and compassionate to 
the, the distress, pain, suffering of another human, right? right? So absolutely. Yeah. And if it comes to like, again, I think I feel rational around it if, when it comes to sexual assault, right? you know, sure. in, in, that, in that example, I feel less compassionate about it when it comes to some other issues. Like I'm, that, I think that's where I get a little righteous around, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. around this uh, because if it's, because actually part of the definition is it's widely recognized that any sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, feeling, or sensation could be a trigger. So it's like, you know, right. I, right. I, we may have to live in a bubble uh, to, to have these experiences. Well, yeah. And I think that's where it's going to be actually, I think pretty important for us to, um, explain to listeners uh, to talk actually about exposure therapy, because I think well, that's um, why under- I see yes. that's why. Yeah. I th- yeah. Ahead. Like, yeah. So I think that's going to help people understand that again, big dialectic come in here, right. That being compassionate and uh, empathic to the experience of another person um, is, is not antithetical to also learning to um come into contact with what is distressing to us. Right. Right. And I think that's where trigger warnings have become very problematic because even using sexual assault as an example, Mm -hmm. right. That uh, of course you want to be mindful of that and compassionate to somebody. And we, you know, exposure therapy is the standard of care when people have, well, for PTSD, right. Sexual assault being something that people often experience PTSD in response to. Um, And, what we do is we have the person come into contact with memories that are scary to them or words that might be scary or passing a place. And that's not the same thing as, and I think people get confused with, and again, we'll define this more clearly in a moment here, can get very confused about um, re-traumatizing somebody, right? Like they don't understand the difference between that. So, Well, the re-traumatization, I love that you brought that up because also that's important for the provider. So for us as CBT clinicians, you know, one of the things that we see in the literature around working with trauma is the re-traumatization that it can also cause to us. Yes. You know, as the provider. So I think uh, creating space for that. So I, I think what I hear you also say, so maybe we'll talk a little bit more exposure therapy, because I think like in the sexual assault example, if that person wants to have a child or mm-hmm. continue on a sexual pathway, they need to come into contact with their trauma in order to gain a healthier perspective of that. And that's, that is, I guess, where my righteousness comes in of like, I believe in systematic desensitization because research tells us that it works. I believe in exposing, you know, to, experiences that are uncomfortable because that's how we grow. And right. Well, well right. Right. So, so, so a listener is going to be saying, but a trigger warning allows me to choose whether or not I then engage with the material that I'm about to click on. Well, and so let's, let's get to that in a moment because that's oh. the part like where we, cause I think so that I would say <laughs> that's where we talk about like where mindfulness comes in and about like we do. And what we've talked a lot about here, like we don't know what's going to happen on the other side of this moment. We don't control, we own the process, not the outcome. That's so right. maybe we could um, take a moment and actually explain how exposure works from a functional standpoint, from a behavioral science standpoint. And I can even, you know, share a little bit. There's different types of exposure therapy. Take the lead, go. All right, here I go. So, and these are, by the way, these are specialties of Pete and mine um, that we, you know, I do a lot of exposure work. She's a better so, teacher than me though. So that's why she's going to teach. Go. <laughs> that's that is not true at all, but, uh, Very true. But, but, but I will jump in and say this part. Okay. So um, from a behavior and it, I'll, I'll start by saying, exposure therapies are some of the most well-studied things in psychology. We've studied Mm -hmm. this for like 
it's more than I don't know, 40 years or something, 50 years, yeah. long time. So we have a lot of research around it. And basically there, um, what exposure means is coming into contact. Initially, it was around anxiety disorders mm-hmm. with a feared stimulus. So a simple example would be someone is afraid of heights. Right. Right? Someone's oh, afraid let's of Let's say even more simple, like a spider. What? what? Okay. So, well, I, I, all right, fine. But I was going to say, it's actually <laughs> the same thing. Let, let me it's go to my heights example. So someone's afraid of heights and you can ask anyone on the street. They're going to be like, how do you treat a fear of heights? Someone's going to go, you got to do the heights. That's yeah. right. But we're going to do it in what we call graded exposure, which means yeah. for the most part, which means, um, you're going to like maybe first look at a picture of a tall building and you're going to yeah. look at that picture until that picture no longer elicits a fear response. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the next thing on what we call a fear hierarchy. So it's like a ladder of things we're afraid of. The next thing is like, I'm going to go stand in the lobby of a tall building right. and you work your way up the hierarchy. So maybe, you know, like Pete on the East coast here, maybe you're going to the top of the empire state building, right? Fun. Fun, right? Yeah. So um, this is really effective. And what it does is it allows the brain to emotionally regulate. The anxiety decreases in intensity, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, there's like, sometimes we'll say it's like gravity, like what goes up must come down. Mm -hmm. But what people will do is they'll avoid these things that they're afraid of because they're afraid either, you know, maybe with the buildings, they're afraid something bad's going to happen to them, or they're afraid that they're not going to be able to tolerate the emotion, right? right? Yeah. Okay. Anything you would add in there? Obviously not. No, <laughs> you know, just that check. So, Perfect. you know, okay. So there are different types of exposure. So there's like a type of exposure called flooding. Flooding means going to the top of the hierarchy. It would be right like, away. Right. We're going to take you to the top of the empire state building. It actually works. Uh, it's in my opinion, very cruel. <laughs> Most people it has a high. Well, attrition, right? I think we should acknowledge that because I think any other non CBT practitioners, even with the data that says this works, do, do feel that exposure therapy can be cruel no matter how you do it, even graded. Right, right. Because so let's, they just, assume, let's just own that. That's so that's so true. Yes, because they think it's 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 cruel to come into contact with freedom. It's like, well, flooding, yes, most people don't want to do flooding. I certainly wouldn't want to do flooding. No. Um, it, it, it does work, though. If you stay in that situation long enough, the brain will regulate, right? right. But most of us do graded exposure because it's like building a muscle. Like you're not yeah. going to tell somebody bench press hundred pounds. If you've never done it, you're going to build the muscle up to that. I got a hundred easily. Come on. Really? Yeah. Oh, not, I mean, I guess I could get there. No, I couldn't. That, that would never happen. <laughs> I, what am I saying? Right. That, that would never happen. Okay. So, so other types of exposure. So Pete mentioned systematic desensitization. That's actually one of the older ones. Systematic desensitization was under the um, theory that you pair relaxation techniques with mm-hmm. graded exposure because the theory was you can't be relaxed and anxious at the same time. Right. Um, but research has actually shown that it's not as effective as regular graded exposure because the relaxation gets in the way of contacting the emotion. Amazing. And what mindfulness research teaches us is that um, when we contact, and by the way, any emotions, so it's not mm. just anxiety, right. shame, sadness, anything when we allow ourselves to feel emotions pass more quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So other types of exposure, prolonged exposure, mm-hmm. that's the type of exposure used in trauma where you um, expose yourself to telling the narrative, yep. telling, actually listening to tapes of a story mm-hmm. um, of the, of a trauma that you experienced and then uh, cognitive processing therapy, which is very similar CPT, which yeah. um, I'm not actually personally trained in, but it, it's, it's, uh, function similarly uh, to, to, um, to prolonged exposure. There's like a writing yeah. of the story. And the common theme here is coming into contact with the emotion, 
and and in a yes. systematic way or in a graded, yeah, graded way, way sure right to allow for uh, uh build, like i like to say building the relationship with that experience or with the fear uh, and so I think that's what we're, that, that, so that ultimately is the whole idea as to why we as CBT practitioners really are not a big fan or not big fans of trigger warnings. Right. So, so maybe you can, so now that we've got this like base about like how exposure therapy works, maybe you yeah. can then kind of weave it back to like, so, so why, what would we say to somebody then who's like coming in for, does it, maybe it's trauma. Maybe it's again, maybe, I don't know, phobia or something like yeah. with the heights, it's like, why would we not want to say like a trigger warning about Again, something as simple as like, you're going to, I don't know, you're about to watch a movie where the person's being dangled off of a building or something. I don't know. Right. Why, wouldn't we, why wouldn't we do that? Um, well, we wouldn't want to do that. Be, well, so yeah. let's back it up though. Because okay, sure. the thing yeah. about say graded exposure or any kind of exposure therapy yeah. is we do provide education to the client. So it's not like we just True. Yes, set up the right. fear hierarchy. That's right. That's right? right. We do that with the client. We educate them on them. We say, hey, uh, well, let's build, here's how this works you know, we're going to start small. We're going to start by looking at a picture and ultimately we're getting to going up to the empire state building. Yes. And then along the way, we're going to work together. So things that we I've done, like say living where I live is people afraid of tunnels. So I may eventually say one day we're going to drive through a tunnel together Right. or bridges. We're going to drive over a bridge together. Right. You know, and again, that's not your traditional CBT or that's not your traditional psychotherapy because we're outside of a, a couch in a room. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, that's the thing about us CBT practitioners with exposures that we're doing this in, 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 in vivo, we're doing it in the person's environment. So I thought that was important to. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I, and I think that, yes, the psycho, so that's interesting what you're bringing up because the psycho ed part's important that that might be where we're saying we're teaching, we're giving someone information about how their brain works, how the therapy is going to go and right. how they're going to be able to step into a difficult situation Right. though, but we're, but we're also not saying you're never we want you to be a hundred percent prepared every time you go into situation, like to know whether you're going to be triggered or not. We actually right. say we, we can't control for triggers in the we world. Do, we don't know. We don't know. Right. We don't know. And well, we're trying to control. And I think the American association of university professors, they've been mm-hmm. really uh, adamant against trigger warnings. Cause what they're saying is um, where do you balance this need to protect students rather than challenging them? Yeah. Well, and from an emotional standpoint, we, when we're not, when we're not practiced at tolerating the challenges, it's actually not helpful for our brains. Right. right. Now, like to that point, like if let's say, I don't know, if we could balance this concept of exposure and like, I'm going to call, use this behavioral term of coping ahead. Mm -hmm. If somebody is, let's say, like uh, we keep using example of sexual assault, a sexual assault survivor. Mm-hmm. And there is a course being taught at their university or like, let's say they're in law school. That's about cases related to sexual assault mm-hmm. based on where that person is in their own um, journey in terms of, of treatment, for example, taking that course at that time might not be helpful. It might be too triggering, right? It actually might overwhelm their brain. Like that is true. But we would not say to that person, I want you to never be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And actually in, I think it was 2019, there was a study that found that trigger warnings were useless, that they were not helpful and actually created more harm for people that were experiencing trauma. Well, and say more about that because it's like I'm not surprised to hear that, but I bet you people listening might go like, "That doesn't make any sense." Well, and, and so I'm I'm mindful that like my bias might be that those are the kind of studies that I am 
more geared towards. However, that's, it was in the, uh, the journal of, um, the clinical psychological science. So it's a peer reviewed mm-hmm. journal. Uh, what that means is that there's a, there can be a, ne- a negative effect of using trigger warnings uh, because people are not able to experience that emotional state. And that's a lot of what we've just went into with the explaining how exposure therapy works. You have to learn how to feel. Yeah. Cause you don't know when, like I was, it's like, we don't, we just don't know when we're going to get triggered. Like we can cope ahead for some and we might say, this isn't going to work for me. That's going to overwhelm my system. I'm not going to put myself in that situation right now. And you could get triggered. Someone could say something that you don't anticipate. You could see something on TV that you don't anticipate. And if you don't have um, the the psychological tools in your toolbox to tolerate that, that's going to actually, yeah, like you said, negatively impact you. Well, I think that's what you were saying too. Like if I'm afraid of heights in that example that you gave, I, I'm if I'm watching TV, I might just all of a sudden have a movie that shows that. Or if I'm on YouTube, it might just mm-hmm. automatically do that. Or uh, if I'm driving cross country, mm-hmm. I might all of a sudden be on like a really high hill or mountain. Right. You know, so there are lots of things that happen now. Now I could plan, like I could map out something, sure. you know, and try and avoid sure. bridges and tunnels or whatever it is that I'm trying to avoid. But that avoidance actually creates and is a reinforcer to your anxiety or the trauma. And that's what, that's our, that's our, that's our take home message there. Right, Nikki? Well, yes. And I would say, and and there's another one woven in there, which is what you're describing is then there's so much effort being put into controlling outcomes. It's all control that, you know, Pete and I talk about flexibility all the time here that in order to create expansiveness in our life. And again, the geeky behavioral thing, increase our behavioral repertoire, right? (laughs) It's, it's about being able to show up to whatever moment we're in and adapt and respond as effectively as we can. Right. Well, I'm also going to say to listeners, like to just, because we've all put our foot in our, have you put your foot in your mouth? (laughs) Have I put my foot in my mouth? (laughs) The answer would be yes. Yeah. 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 And, And I think that that's the other thing that's like humbling is that we're going to misspeak. And so sometimes I'll have like people say to me, like if I'm giving a talk or coaches or something like that, be like, how do I say this? Or how do I say that? I said, I don't know. And I went to school for 13 years to figure out what to say, (laughs) you know, because there's just not always the right thing to say. And, and I think just being mindful that there are going to be moments in our lives when we're going to misspeak and we might say something that's uncomfortable and inappropriate in today's world. We might have someone we're conversing with who then really is responding to us in an emotional way that then we don't know how to respond. And we could simply just sit in that discomfort too, and just embrace and accept that you have misspoke because that is also part of the human condition. And I'll, and I don't know, you have anything to add to that? Oh, I was just gonna say, I think what you're getting at there too, is that I think trigger warnings, there's such a, there can be such a righteousness in them of like, you know, that like if somebody misspeaks or says something that triggers, it's like, as if that they're not there, there's malintent. And it's like, no, this is back to the human stuff. Like, we're all going to trigger somebody sometimes. Like it doesn't it's, mean it, it's just going to happen. I mean, it doesn't mean you're a bad is. person. Yeah. It's, it just I, is. I was, I, I talked to people about dogs. It's like, well, my dog yeah. just doesn't like, it's like, well, don't you know, like at school, how maybe there were other people you got along with better than yeah. others. Like that's the same for dogs. Like if you go to a yeah. dog park and my dog acts all weird, small dogs, but not big dogs. Well, he doesn't like small okay. dogs. <laughs> right. That's okay. Because different the nature strokes, of things, <laughs> it's nature of life. And, and I think, so lastly, one, the last point I want to make is like, as an educator, I have felt my righteousness has come in of like, especially an educator within an applied psychology clinical mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. I have never once get, been given a trigger warning in session. 
And I worked in inner cities. I've worked with really pathologized and traumatic individuals. And I think that that for me is where I get really uncomfortable because, you know, I have been cursed at, I have been called, you know, sexual terms. Um, I have been sexualized. You know, there's been a lot of experiences I've had in session and none of them was I warned for. And I had to then deal with it in the moment, feel uncomfortable. And then I brought it to supervision later, you know, and, and then found ways to, to process deal with that. It. Yeah, to process. But I want, yeah. Well, I was going to say, because I what you're bringing in again is that like I, the moment to moment stuff, I think mm. it would be really helpful for listeners to hear like, what do you think some of the Eastern traditions would traditions would say about trigger warnings, trigger warnings? I have no clue. <laughs> well, I would, well, <laughs> what I would imagine probably like, isn't that like antithetical to like, wouldn't like, it would be like controlling outcomes though, yeah, right? Wouldn't it like future oriented? Right? Yeah. Cause yeah. like we don't, and back to like, you know, suffering is a part of being alive, right? Yeah. And, and, and you have the option so that if you as the person or on the receiving end who has, you know, been the, um, you know, victim of something that really traumatic or uncomfortable and you do click on something, you mm-hmm. have the opinion, you have the option to click off. You know, and I think that that yeah. is, that's empowering. And I think that yes. that's really where, again, there's a place for this. Yes. I could see where the advent of it makes sense. Uh, but as we think about the world that we live in, we need to consider directly contacting this moment and any moment and any feeling because all feelings are not wonderful. And just to be mindful about the experiences that we have and that not everything's going to be great and that we may feel triggered and that's okay. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Pete Economo. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.